Welcome to Green Leather Sofa, the podcast. I'm your host, Ty, and along with my friend, Brandon, each week we take a look at our favorite Black TV shows and movies and ruin them. We'll look at the sociological factors that led your favorite characters to be good, bad, or ugly. Now, let's hop into this episode. So we're back with another one. Another cult classic movie. I I think that this movie that we're about to destroy, (laughs) I I think it really, I think it really solidified for many, many um, women of that time, like the new, the new look of love in some, so many ways. Yeah. Um, Damn, we loved Tay Diggs a whole lot in the 90s. He was in everything, right? He was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I guess I could agree with that. I guess I could. And, and you know, this this was, like, really in the cusp of the, like, revolution of black women really solidifying their place in, you know, on a socioeconomic scale. You know, they're, they're rising to, you know, executive... Uh, or managerial positions, you know, all across uh, media, all the movies where, you know, all the movies we pretty much review literally focus on women in professional positions. And we're not used to seeing, you know, black women in so many of these, you know, great positions where they're able to just flex. Yeah. Black Hollywood in the nineties, so much representation. The most. Yeah. This movie, which we're going to do, is How Stella Got a Groove Back. And I had to ask this question because I literally did not know until the last 10 minutes of the movie mm-hmm. where she lived. You didn't know that? Well, here's what threw me off. Because it starts off, she's running in, like, the woods, <laughs> right? And I'm like, all right, that's kind of weird because, you know, we don't, we don't fuck with the woods that much. You know, black people, we don't like the woods. But then... You know, I see that she's, you know, in a stock brokerage firm and she's running the floor. And I guess naturally, when you think of stock market and stock brokerage, you think of New York. And then it flash forwards to uh, Delilah, her best friend, working in the city. So I'm like, okay, they must they must, you know, they must both live in New York. I didn't know she was in San Francisco. Because her house looked kind of different. It was like it had too much going on. It was like in a, a whole estate. You know, yeah, she had a very big house, <laughs> very, big and it house. wasn't a state. But yeah, um, like the bridge told me that it was on the west coast, mm-hmm. and then I don't know, it's just it just felt like very west coast. And funny enough, when I see Regina King, I just assume that stuff takes place on the west coast, so <laughs> I know otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> That poetic justice really, like, made her feel... Like, everything she does, it feels like it is California. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even even though the first thing that I ever saw her in, she lived here in D.C., so... What? What movie was that? Not a movie, a TV show. Oh, my god. Oh, I mean, I don't know when the first time you saw her. I, I mean, I wish... Okay. That's I knew fair. The first time I saw her was on 227, and I thought okay. that the DC reference would have been a giveaway, but maybe, maybe you didn't remember where that took place either. I, I was, I mean, I, I can almost promise you I wasn't thinking about 227, but okay. 
Yeah, that's the first time I remember seeing her. Mm. I used to like 227. Jack A. But um, this movie starts off, though. She's, you know, running. She's looking fit. She she kind of has a good, like, I don't know if she's, like, really trains and runs on her downtime. But she has a really good form. I kind of like that. And I know I you, you do. <laughs> I know you and I had an Angela Bassett conversation, like, a couple weeks ago. We sure did. And I downplayed how good she looked. I, like, sure I, I, did. I, I would I'm willing to take about 40% about what I said back. Will you do that publicly though? Absolutely not. <laughs> right. Okay. This is this is as good as I'm gonna get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But she's, you know, starting this movie off, running through the woods, and she's handling her job and she's coming home and got a hundred things going at once. And I'm saying to myself, um, she, she's got everything going for herself except for love. She's the prototypical, like, I guess, Barbie, where she can do anything. She can do everything. She's a gardener. She, she's, you know, athletic. She's professional. She's she can make furniture. M- making furniture. Like, it's like she has And she's no a limits. mom. And she's a mom. So, well... Well, hold up. <laughs> oh, Lord. Here we go. I, I didn't get mother-son vibes from her and her son. The I, airport scene? Nothing? I got mother and son-husband vibes the whole movie. Son-husband? Son-husband vibes. Yes, I got son-husband oh, vibes. Oh, And I'm, I was trying not to the whole... Trust me, I, I really didn't want to have that vibe. But like I'm like, okay, he's cooking them breakfast. He, he's cleaning... He's outside shoveling the driveway. He's working up a sweat, too. He's killing it. And she's just working out, you know. He's he's giving her life advice. <laughs> he's giving her man advice. He had to tell her, you know, I'm going I'm going to go see Dad. I want you to have fun, okay? No, for real. Like, have fun. And she was stiff. Everybody said that to her, not just her son. Right. Like, in the beginning, she was so stiff. The sisters, they're at the spa and everything. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about it. Um, I think Regina King's character's name is Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, let me backtrack a little bit. That spa scene, I do not remember it prior to me watching to prepare for this episode. It and was like a Mandela effect? That, <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking that I've only ever watched how Stella got her groove back on BET before today. I'm thinking so, and I think that BET cuts that scene out for time because it is a little bit redundant. It is like you can you can watch the whole movie without that scene, and you know, and, and everything it, still fits exactly. So, um, yeah, I was just like, where the hell did this scene come from? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, it was that scene, and not to jump ahead, but also the scene where they had the pajama jam. I don't, remember don't remember it. That one? I don't remember it getting, you know. Well, yeah, they didn't show that part about it, like getting wild <laughs> yeah. and crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, the spa scene was telling. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been about twenty years since I've seen the movie, so before watching it today, um, I always thought that Regina King, um, I think her name was Vanessa in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Angela, her other sister. Now I'm not quite sure who's older. Stella or Angela, but I want to assume Angela is. 
Yeah, me too. And I always thought that they were just her friends. I didn't realize they were her sisters until today. So um, that plays a very big dynamic because you could tell Angela's always judging Stella. Yeah. And the three of them together, they, they kind of remind me a lot of, of the, the Joseph, Joseph sisters. sisters. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. Same exact yeah. dynamic. And it really lends to, I mean, I, re- I wish they spoke more about their parents because I don't know if they were gone or, or what have you. But that same exact dynamic plays where one sister, she's like the homebody with her family. And she's judgmental as hell. One sister is the professional that's far detached from men and from, you know, being on the same level as everyone else. And then there's just the wild card younger sister that just like lives like there's no rules. Yeah. The one difference, the one difference is that in this case, Angela's husband Uh is well off. He has his own money. The white guy. Yes. He has his own money, unlike Kenny and Sofu. So that kind of gives Angela, I guess, um, a little bit more fuel. Yeah. But However, didn't Kenny didn't Kenny have a business? Kenny, I don't know if the if his own business came to be in Soul Food. I think it came like on the TV show. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. Yeah, I I could be wrong, but um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, it it seemed like you know she wanted to convey the fact that she was better than everybody mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. her man had money, and to her it's like I get to stay home, and all I have to do is tend to the house. <laughs> <laughs> but Stella, Stella's kind of like, no, you have to stay home because what else can you bring to the table? So the difference that I saw in the relationship between the sisters, you can tell that there was genuine love there. Like, even though, even though the insults kind of flew back and forth a little bit, you could still tell that there was um, some genuine love there because that scene when she came to her house and she's like, surprise. um, And she told her basically, you know, you offended me by introducing Winston like that. Yeah. And and I mean the apology was crappy, but you could tell that it was genuine. Cause she was like, if I was rude, you know, I didn't intend to be rude. If I was, you knew you were being rude. But that's neither here nor there. It did seem like, you know, there was a genuine uh a genuine apology somewhere in there. Deep down. I mean I it was one of those like you have to know her to know that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think they genuinely had love for each other. And most of what they were saying was was kind of just, you know, jokes flying. But I don't think they were ever really too worried about Stella. I think that they they knew that she would figure it out type of thing. But they would give her a hard time about it, you know, taking her time. Yeah. Yeah, and that kind of brings me to the first point I want to talk about, or the first uh, point I want to make. Okay. So I did feel, after watching the movie again for the first time in years, 
Um, I felt that Stella was doing the right thing in this situation up until the time Delilah died. The, and I, oh, sorry. No, no problem. And I feel like everybody else in the movie was doing a good job of telling Stella, like, hey, this is good for some fun, but, you know, this isn't real. Hmm. And it's kind of like once Delilah died, people are just like, oh, let Stella do what she needs to do in order to get through this. Okay. So when you say that before Delilah died, everything she did prior was pretty much of good pacing, do you mean like her not having a relationship for so many years after, what's his name, Walter? Oh, no, no, no. I don't oh. mean in terms of that. I mean in terms of um, when she met Winston. Okay. Yeah, so she went on vacation, and she found herself a little vacation bay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was 20 years old. And I know this is probably going to sound super backwards, but I feel like when it comes to flings and things like that, or anything physical, although it's not something that I would say is ideal, I think when it comes to something that everybody is on the same page with it not being serious... I'm like, if the person is legal or, you know, like 2021, 20, I'm just like, okay. I mean, I'm not a fan, but if you did it, like what, what can be said? I think when it starts getting to add that like relationship layer to it, that's when I'm just like, no, maybe you shouldn't do this with such a big age gap. I don't think it's going to be good for anybody. Hmm. And I feel like that's the same mindset that the other characters in the movie had. Like, that's what Delilah said to her. Uh, that's what Vanessa kind of said to her. That's what, that's even what Angela said after she, you know, hurled all the insults about like her being a cradle robber and all of that. Okay. And that's, that's very fair because, all right. <clears throat> he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't 18, right? He was 20, soon to be 21. Uh, according to, you know, when he met Stella mm -hmm. at that breakfast. Um, and she still decided to look at him as a boy just because of the age gap. Yeah. It wasn't so much his actual age. It was her age that was the issue to her. Because if she was 30, he wouldn't be a little boy to her. I think once you start to double someone's age, then you can start to have those conversations in your head. You really um, have that thought. Like she said a million times, I'm old enough to be your mother. And here's my thing about that. Okay. Because I have literally, literally, literally heard that dozens and dozens and dozens of times with, you know, in, in, in my job since, you know, I was like 17, I was always the youngest of any staff I ever worked with. So I'm constantly working with middle-aged women. And eventually, maybe it's due to the factoring of the job forcing us all to be very focused on our job and me appearing to be mature for my age, quote-unquote. They find themselves attracted, and then they say to themselves, man, I'm old enough to be your mom. And I say to myself, you just don't want the other girls to know that you want to fuck. And that's what Stella, <laughs> that's what Stella was going through with her head. 
if she went to Jamaica by herself without Delilah, she would mm-hmm. not have questioned anything she was doing. It was the fact that she knew that her best friend of 20 years would eventually see her canoodling with this 20 year old guy and be like, man, you look like a hoe. And, and the thing is like, she already saw the types of guys that her friends, that her friend actually entertained. Yeah. These two, (laughs) first of all, sitting up there with Tina Lawson's husband. (laughs) That's him again. Huh? That's him again. That was him. (laughs) Richard Lawson. Oh, you'll never forget that dude. (laughs) <laughs> no. no he was the one with the gold teeth and the stutter yes <laughs> that's him younger that's funny in his 40s i guess yeah um and then the other guy i kept looking at his face like i know his face from some movie and i couldn't put my finger on it it'll come to me when we're not recording the podcast he looks like I don't know, one of the weird uncles on my, like, on the weird side of the family or something like that. Like, he looked like, I don't know, like, he just gave me this weird, like, <laughs> uncle vibe. I don't know. He he gave me the vibes of exactly who he was supposed to portray in that yeah. movie. You're on vacation and there's some old guy trying to get your attention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly the vibe he gave me. Um, but, yeah, you saw the types of guys that Delilah entertained. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, Delilah, I know you're supposed to be in your 40s in this movie or whatever or in the story. Yeah. Um, But, girl, you were still looking good. You could have pulled something better than that. I'm glad you <laughs> said that. I. Whoopi looked good. Yeah, she, she did. has very beautiful skin. Um, And I have to say, since the color purple. Poor baby ain't had no eyebrows, but like it's something that she does with the space, the vacant space on her eyebrow area. I'm she can kind of she can kind of wiggle the skin on her head to make it look like like you can you can still read her expressions without the eyebrows. Like that's great acting. Like she has very good control of her face. I don't know if comedians have that rubber face thing, but like it, it didn't matter to me that she didn't have eyebrows. Yeah, I just like I'm just picturing the scene where she was like laid out on the little um, on the little chair with the zebra swimsuit cover. Well, she had a little titty tattoo. I seen that. I was just like, she looks really cute. <laughs> <laughs> and pause, pause real quick, because I have to say it. But the whole time I watched this movie, I was just like, they don't make 40 year olds the way that they used to. Because I'm thinking about my friends who are in their 40s, and I'm sorry, even though Whoopi looked good and she looked young and all that stuff, you look much. I was just like, yeah, they look much older than the 40 year olds now. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's just because like I'm closer to 40 than when I first watched this movie or what. (laughs) But (laughs) well, even if you go to your like old high school, and sometimes they'll have like pictures of seniors back in the 80s and the 70s and the 60s. They all looked young and they were like 16 years old and they look like grown-ups. Yes. I'm at I'm 35 now and I, I don't think I look like a 35-year-old. <laughs> but Whoopi, I thought she was like the older friend. I didn't know that they were the same age. Yeah, like they were in high school together. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's interesting and I mean, I definitely agree with your point that 
the issue was not how young Winston was. It was very much what mm-hmm. will my girls, what will my family think right. of, you know, him being this young and me being this old. 100%. And honestly, if, if Stella embraced her age better, I don't think that she would have had any of the issues that she carried around with her. It's not like she didn't have her life together. It's not like mm-hmm. she didn't, like, reach motherhood or any of the other milestones that, you know, a woman feels like she has to, like, hurry up and do at a certain time. But honestly, she she had really, like, she set all the, all the landmarks that uh, an adult could set for themselves. A beautiful home, a child, a great job. Uh, ability to travel when they want to six figure salary yes she's a high value woman (laughs) you know (laughs) and it's like (laughs) um she has all that and so it's like her age it's it's validated it's verified like okay you might be 40 but you're where we all would put ourselves if we could at 40 absolutely and the only thing missing is a man and if you get a man is, you know, mad young, but he looks at you and sees the youthfulness in you. What more could you ask for? <laughs> really? Like as a 40 year old woman and you could still attract a boy, quote unquote. And listen, the thing with this whole situation is that we see it all the time with men. Mm-hmm. All the time. Yeah. They hit all of these other milestones that we listed and then they go and they get like the young wife. Yeah. And that just completes everything. Like this movie came out in 98, so I think around that time the only person that was doing it was probably Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher <clears throat> where they kind of like, you know, showcased yeah, they can still, you know, they can still pull a young dude, whatever, you know. So Stella Stella not embracing that part of her youthfulness. It was kind of disappointing. Yeah. Um, But the thing is, okay, so you brought up the fact that, like, she she could have had a man or she was in need of a man. But I think that it is a difference between um, being a divorcee and then never having a man. Because she was, yeah. She she was married, and I don't remember if the movie told us why they ended up getting a divorce. Never did. I, was, I listened for it. But, you know, it didn't work out for whatever reason. It looked like they were good with their co-parenting. She filed, though. She filed, and he felt, um, as far as he explained to um, Winston at the barbecue towards the end of the movie, he often felt emasculated. He didn't feel like, you know, he was able to have a say-so. And she kind of trampled over him. So basically what Winston said. <clears throat> well, here's the thing about what Winston's saying about that. I think he learned that from the ex-husband because he didn't have any of that energy beforehand. Yeah. And I don't want to jump too far ahead of yeah, myself. Yeah. But um, so I think when Delilah died, that was definitely like a, a turning point. In the movie, because it wasn't just um, what I would say when she started letting grief dictate her movements. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also kind of when they let people into their world. Because 
right before Delilah died, they were starting to do that. He sprung his parents on her. Right. Um, but I'm like, they're back in Jamaica mm-hmm. and she lives in the United States. So it's still that separation. There's still that distance. Winston comes to the United States. He goes to New York first. You know, he might run into some people that, you know, uh, I wanted to call her Angela, but that's not her character's name, Stella. Yeah. <laughs> right. He might have run into a few people that Stella knew casually in New York, but her home is in L.A. So when he finally went to L.A. and met everybody, her sisters, her, you know, her aunts, uncles, cousins, all those people who came into the driveway to get a glimpse at um, at Winston, her ex-husband hmm. with the uh with those eyes on the relationship also came the opinions and their little love bubble that they had you know other people were in there i think that was such so. a fucking hater move to have him there I- i'm gonna just say it who the ex-husband yeah yeah but i mean it's like that i mean it's it's not like that for me but it's like that sometimes you know I mean, especially because he had to fly there like this was like uh, an arranged like embarrassment move against stella yeah we could talk about it we could talk about it somebody <laughs> wanted her to come back to her senses there's a better way to do that shit yeah 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 but yeah like my ultimate my ultimate first point is that she was doing all the right things with Winston because if I was in her shoes and I went to Jamaica with my friend uh-huh. and then I run into this young guy mm-hmm. and, you know, we have a fling. That's all it would have been. It would have been a fling. It would have been like, all right, I'm leaving. Even if uh, my best friend ended up giving him my number. Mm-hmm. It's like, we can keep in contact every now and then, but we're not going to build anything out from this. Yeah, I do believe that Stella, like, what made her even decide to call Delilah about the trip was her envisioning herself as a white woman. I'm not going to go into that too much. But she kind of put herself in that white woman's place in that commercial that she saw on TV. And she lived out this white woman's dream walking on the beach with some random guy in Speedos and kissing up on him and sharing fruit and having wine. She saw that whole thing, you know, playing out. She wanted to have a fling from that moment. She knew she was going to. And that's how those vacation ads get us. Because they they try to force us to envision a vacation. And if we don't have a bay then it tries to get us to envision meeting the love of our lives. Now... This is kind of a sidebar, but it's an important point. Now, it, do you, does it make a little bit more sense when a guy will fly a woman out and you guys are on vacation and he expects sex? So, you know, you, you've you <laughs> known me for some years now. You know what my opinion on this is, man. <laughs> so, so I don't think that anybody should ever have an expectation. To have okay, not an expectation. We'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it like you know, like proper. But he like, wouldn't be crazy if he thought it was going to happen. I mean, no matter where the even if it's a staycation, all I want to do is fuck. <laughs> that's that's it. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. It. If you make some time for somebody like that, then yeah. But I also think it's foolish that. 
if y'all are not in that space or if you guys haven't already had the conversation about what you're going to do, like if you're both celibate, then you should already have the conversation like, hey, I'm celibate. I know it's going to be very, you know, romantic and all of that, but we're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Have that conversation before you get on the plane. Before you book the tickets, before you think about going, yeah. before you take the time I say off even, work. I say even have like a contingency plan. A, a contingency so, woman? Huh? A contingency woman? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not messing with you. So what I mean by that is like, say, you know, it's a romantic sunset on the beach and nobody else is around or whatever. And you start feeling your rum punch just a little bit too much, getting all touchy feely and whatever. Mm-mm-mm. So you have a contingency plan. If it gets to that point, are you guys going to, you know, step on the gas or step on the brakes? Yeah, let's, let's step on the brakes, go back to the hotel room and watch movies. Yay. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> But I mean, it's it, it's a large community of people who do that and for he, religious reasons, you know, spiritual journeys, all of that. And here's the thing: Delilah pushed and pushed and pushed for Stella to stick to her guns and go on this trip because Delilah knew it was her last hurrah. She did. She Absolutely. knew that this was going to be, and she didn't want to burden her, you know Stella with the knowledge of her being sick. She just wanted to have a good time with her girl, you know, like they used to. Because, you know, they don't ever really talk about their past too much, but you could tell that they had a lot of fun, you know, in their 20s. Yeah, they had 20 years of friendship. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, when Stella decided to put her ducks in a row and, you know, go for what, you know, her career became, Cause her son's 11. So like, I mean, that's a good solid nine years that she kind of just like had like some cushion to really spend with Delilah and they had their, their, you know, Thelma and Louise moments, you know? Yeah. And from context clues, um, you know, Stella's family still in California. So I'm assuming that that's where Delilah grew up as yeah. well. Yeah. And moved to New York for, mm-hmm. you know, her career. You're doing your inspector gadget thing. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And so Delilah wastes no time. I mean, she got there. She got there first. And she already established, you know, herself. As soon as she put her bags down, mm-hmm. she found two ex-baller niggas. Niggas with money. They're around her age. But these were niggas with money that were willing to like kind of they they probably would have funded like the rest of their trip yeah. had Stella played her position. Now, as a man, we've always I I've always dealt with these, you know, tandem situations where either one of my boys will talk to, you know, a girl and her homegirl and bring me in or the other or, or the reverse. Right. And that's all Delilah was asking for. Listen, I pulled these two dudes, one for me, one for you. Don't roll your eyes. <laughs> I'm like, they weren't catches. <laughs> they were ball players with money. It, it's not about catching. I mean, she Delilah just wanted to get banged out real quick. That's it. And that is my point. Like, no. <laughs> what do you mean, no? I would have been like, girl, throw them back. Throw them back. <laughs> if the if the goal is just to hook up. 
Yeah. Throw them back. Like, it doesn't matter that they're ballers. Throw them back. Well, and I'm glad you said that because you know what other what, what other things solidified it for me was the pajama jam. The, the, the second night, they all went to a pajama jam where I'm going to try to put on Winston's voice. OK, so cover your ears. Oh, gosh. His terrible accent. <laughs> oh, come on, man. You know, it's a, tonight we have a pajama jam. Oh, what's a pajama Guys, jam? This is this is really how Brandon tries to imitate our Jamaican friends. No, this this is how they sound. Okay. <clears throat> well, yeah, man. No. Yeah. Well, you 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 put on your pajamas and you come down and and we have we have a dance off. <laughs> we have a dance off together. We pond the river together. You know. And she's like, I I don't know if I'm gonna go. I don't know if I'm gonna go. That that sounds kind of sketchy. But he waited. He knew that she would come. Because I don't know, he he must have caught the eye from her. Mm-hmm. Ever since we started doing this podcast, you know the number one thing I do now. What's that? I don't just watch the scene; I watch all the extras in the background too. I watch yeah. them all, and what I saw at this pajama jam, I've never seen so many herb ass looking dudes in my life. The every dude in there was like an overweight 50-year-old white guy. Like, But that is authentic <laughs> from what I've It's heard. authentic. But what I am saying is, and I hate to say this, but Delilah probably got the best prospects in that group <laughs> because every dude in there looked crazy as fuck. All of them looked crazy. Everyone there. The women looked amazing, though. The women looked incredible but the the dudes that they got for this fucking movie they really must have been the camera crew in their draws it had to have been so since we know that this was based on a true story and i'm mad that you knew that because i thought i was gonna you know drop the drop a bomb at the end but go ahead i read this book when i was 13 years old i didn't know it was based on a book oh lord I i don't read these little freak books man you know Oh, man. Well, yeah, I had no business, but I've been buying books from Dollar Tree mm-hmm. since I was like a teenager. So that's one that I found in Dollar Tree many, many moons ago. And I read it when I was 13, hid the book under my pillow and all of that. How um how accurate was it to the book? Um, I don't even remember because oh. that was like a one and done. Never read it again. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I read that whole thing when I was 13 and it's based on a true story. So maybe that's what the scene really was. And that's why they put those people in there. Nevertheless, I mean, if those were my options for a hookup, I just probably wouldn't have even had a hookup in Jamaica. Oh, please. You don't fly. You don't fly to Jamaica. And fly back home with cobwebs. You just don't do it. Yeah, but then you have to fabricate stories because you know that the person you actually got with is like, ill. <laughs> and you come back home and your girls want to know the story from your little vacation tell, or whatever. Tell the truth, though. Don't women do that? Don't they take that stuff to the grave? And that's why we as boyfriends and husbands will never know the escapades on girls trips because girls, they, they do this stuff on girls trips, man. I'm 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 not gonna take this silence as I'm wrong, okay? I'm not. No, I'm just saying girls don't take it to the grave. Like no, we we tell our friends it's just that 
There's no, no, no tell us. Tell us. Like, <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm not worried about you telling your friends. Of course, you're going to tell your friends. I, I'm, I want to know. I want to know if Winston banged you out. OK, that's what I want to know. Man. <laughs> tell, the guy, tell the guy as well. Stella didn't have anybody to answer to. So oh, okay. there's that. Mm. She didn't have anybody to answer to. And neither did Delilah. So they would they could just have as much fun as they want but i know that when it's time to tell the stories and everything your girls don't want to just hear like um yeah it was i met so and so and he looked like this they're gonna say girl what's his instagram <laughs> <laughs> what is, what does he look like you gotta lie and pull up some random instagram model nah hey no, no, no. you gotta have those on on the bookmark you know so you can just pull it up <laughs> real quick but um, here's my thing. And I started to look at the movie a little bit more seriously after, you know, the, the breakfast that they, that Winston, Winston Shakespeare and um, Stella were introduced. Now, the, the director, writer of the book, she, I think that Tay Diggs did an amazing job of, encapsulating what she kind of deems as quote unquote Winston's personality. He did a great job of coming across as young and naive. Yeah. But there was often times where he took a very mature approach to identifying certain areas in which Stella felt uncomfortable. So at the pajama jam, when everyone, you know, started pulling out their titties, which I completely enjoy. She started seeing everyone disclothing. And right away, she's like, she's looking around. And Angela Bassett is like so many women today. Can't hide the the the, the um the disgust on her face. Like she like it's like her face tells on her, right? Yeah. And he caught it right away and he said, Let's go stand over there. Let's let's get away from all of this, huh? Oh my gosh, you're gonna do this Jamaican accent this whole episode. <laughs> but he was smart to do that. Even the way you know he started dancing by himself, and she was looking around. She was really like not with it. She didn't even want to be there. But mm -hmm. something about you know him dancing innocently by himself and keeping a distance made her come closer. And for a twenty year old, that is very impressive. Yeah, even before that happened, mm -hmm. um, when she first arrived and right. she had the little shawl on her shoulders, mm -hmm. looking like a 40-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> and he told her to tie it around her waist. Mm -hmm. um, because the way she was dressed, I mean, there was nothing wrong with how she was dressed. No. But you can tell that she felt self-conscious and he's just like tied around your waist. Yeah. Very, very, very good observation. Yeah, I, I caught on to that and I was like, yeah, it's not like a 20 year old because me, I'd have been like, man, keep them cheeks out, baby. Let me Anybody see them. Let you. me see them tings, baby. <laughs> Let me see them tings. Ooh, <laughs> do Jamaicans do. <laughs> I just threw that in there. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have told her to throw that shawl away, man. I want to see them cheeks. I got to. Yeah, it, it was kind of interesting, though, watching how they got to the point where, you know, they got together for the first time. What do you it think was, solidified it for her? For her? When, when did she 
when do you believe she said to herself, I'm going to fuck this nigga? When Delilah told her that that's what she should do. And that's where it is. Why are y'all controlled by your friends? Why? It's not even controlled, but I think that um, just how Stella needed permission to take the trip in the first place, um, and she needed she needed Delilah to say it's okay to take this trip because in her mind she's just like, oh, I have all the things to do, and you know. You already know Delilah, where I'm gonna go with this, huh? You already know where I'm gonna go with this. Maybe I don't, but it's just kind of like. Delilah saying it out loud, it kind of put in my mind like, yeah, Stella was already thinking that this is what she wants to do. She just needs permission to do it because like you said, she cares about what her friend thinks. And this is not, you know, you don't have a friend for 20 years and that's just your friend. Like that's not just her friend. That was her sister pretty much, right? So she kind of needed to hear it from somebody that she trusted. Hey, it's okay. You want to have sex with him? Go for it. We're on vacation. What happens here stays here. And then that's when she decided like, yeah, I'm going to actually do it. <laughs> and it didn't stay there. <laughs> Pretty no, it much. Didn't. It did not. <laughs> In fact, it followed her for the rest of her fucking life. <laughs> oh, but okay. Um, Independent woman needing her, you know, friends to tell her what to do. I got it. I got it. I got it. Mm -hmm. So she made that decision that night where they were laying in bed and Delilah set her free of the burden of wondering if she was going to be judged. Cool. When do you think Winston had it in his mind that he was going to be able to fuck? That was Winston's reasoning for reaching out to Stella or saying good morning. <laughs> Wait. You think that from the moment he met her, he thought he was going to beat? Well, not not as uh, extreme as that. But I'm saying, like, there was physical attraction and he Mutually. Was there. Mutually. Yeah, but, I mean, she looked at him in passing. She didn't really consider him somebody that she would entertain like that. She was just kind of like, hmm, you look good. And, I mean, I'm not 40. Um my late early 30s you get but there. huh you getting there not as fast as you though Fuck you. <laughs> but yeah like you know seeing maybe a 20 year old or something or like when they post those little fraternity tiktoks or instagrams or something sometimes like oh so this is how they make them now but it's still not like oh this is somebody i would talk to because to me they're like College kids. Okay. Not not much older than my students, so I'm not looking at them like that. But I can still, you know, admire their physique or something and without it being creepy. And I think that's kind of what Stella was doing. Like, she noticed his build and his smile and all of that. And she thought he was attractive, and she left it there. I think he was looking at her like, damn, I want a piece of that. Given his naivete, given his inexperience, had Stella not been at that breakfast, what are the chances of Winston running into her and them having a conversation? It seemed like he was hanging around that hotel. 
So they would run into each other. And you know what? I'm so glad that you said that because I, I think our brains are connected through an umbilical cord. So I'm going to say this. Why, why the fuck was he there? Does he just like do Jamaican dudes just hang out at like tourist spots and just like wait, wait for like American women is, is like, okay. why was he there? For Winston, it's a yes and no. So being that I don't know if you know this or if you remember or whatever, but I do have family from Jamaica mm. and all of that. Um, and I have friends from Jamaica mm -hmm. and friends who currently work at hotels, used to work at hotels, all of that. And even in the States, I know people who live in tourist areas yeah. and they hang out at the hotels too to meet tourists. Um, but I don't think that that's what he was doing. I think he was there trying to get a job. Well, because I, remember he ended up getting hired. Right. But I think that like when he met her, he wasn't in the process of doing anything. He had a lot of ideas in his head, but it wasn't until she started pushing him to think about making plans rather than setting dreams that he decided to do the culinary thing. Hmm. And that so came, maybe he was just on vacation because it seems like his family had a lot of money too. Oh, they had a lot of money. Yeah, horses and helpers. Yeah. And helpers, man. I, I'd have had, I'd have had some white helpers, but yeah, they had some <laughs> helpers. <laughs> I was like, hey, yo, man, like, cause I didn't remember that Winston came from money, and that's another thing. Like, he came from money, but he couldn't do anything. So did his parents cut him off because he left for Stella? I don't think that they cut him off. I just. Don't think like he couldn't he pay for had... that dinner at the end. Like he he literally he had he pulled out a wad of money, counted, it, and he was like he put all of his money he had into that into that bill for that last dinner they had. Hmm. I don't know so much that they cut him off, or if it was like him trying to stand on his own two feet as a man. Mm. Yeah. So there's some unanswered questions in the movie. Do like you, if your family has all this money, why are you struggling to pay for dinner? Yeah, yeah. And it, it I mean, it, it would make sense because they wanted him to go to med school. They wanted him to advance his education. He decided to take time off so they could probably, they probably were like, well, until you figure out what you're going to do, which is go to school, you ain't getting none of this money. So I can understand that. I don't have to go deep into that. But how did you take... How did you take Winston's mom's reaction to Stella? Like, it, yes, it is off-putting when you bring a much older person in as your significant other. But at the same time, have some fucking respect. Like, I'm bringing, I'm bringing this woman in. This is this is a woman I'm I'm, I'm gonna be with. Mm -hmm. And you look her up and down. Like, at least at least the father like took her hand, kissed her hand, or whatever. The mom was just a total fucking, you know, you know what I want to say. <laughs> she was horrible. Yeah, like that's not how you greet a guest. That's not how and, you greet anybody. And honestly, I don't think that that conversation should have happened until she talked to her son about why he was with her. Mm -hmm. Because even though the mom doesn't know this, everybody else in the audience watching knows 
that Winston pursued Stella. Yes. Yes. And she she was like she was very cautious of these types of things. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at that point, I felt extremely, extremely mad for Stella. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because, first of all, I don't even know what we are going to be yet. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Number two, I have my child yes. and I have my niece with yep. me and you kind of ambushed me. I didn't even know that this was coming. Like, even if I was okay with this moment happening right now, I have my child with me. Mm-hmm. You don't even know if I want, you know, my child to be around for this. And I have somebody else's child with me. Right. And <laughs> so. and three, I mean, that obviously shows that Winston didn't even talk about her to them because she's mm-hmm. like, are these your kids? Are these your teenage kids? Exactly. So it's like Winston... Winston sprung this on everybody. He wasn't just talking to his parents and saying, oh, you know, this is I met a girl. You know, I was hanging out at the hotels all day doing nothing. I met this girl. She's beautiful. She's older than you, mom. (laughs) She's like the same age as you. But she's a wonderful girl. She has a son. I'm cool with him. But at least, at least a preface. Or he could have told Stella and just like, Hey, um, I really need to go see my um, parents. I know that we're all together started and want to, you know, leave you behind as I go to see them. You want to roll, but at least give her the opportunity to present herself to your parents the way that she wants to. Like she said, she was, you know, dressed for the beach or hanging around. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that now the outfit that Stella has on, like nobody would really think anything of it. Yeah. But back then, that was everything, yo. That was like a vacation outfit for real. Like, you don't <laughs> see people. And even now, I mean, I guess you still wouldn't wear that around uh, somebody's parents the first time you meet them. But I think it would be a little bit more understandable because you had on like the little mesh outfit, like the, I don't know what to call it, but it was like some sort of. Yeah. Uh, what's the word? Damn. <laughs> But she had on like this little tank top thing and it was mesh kind of see-through. You could see her little matching bra and then she had the jeans with the holes in them. Let me tell you, you're literally describing my life. My first girlfriend I brought over for Thanksgiving, Jamaican chick, wore jeans, like skin tight jeans with the holes in them, tank top with the holes in them, you know damn near one of her nipples which it was it was she pulled up in the driveway and she she got out of her car and i was like where's the rest of your outfit please no because i know how these people are there's a packed house there's like 20 people in here and she walked in and everyone like just imagine like 20 beady-eyed light-skinned people just like like <laughs> just like everyone's like laser focused like <laughs> scanning her so I, yeah yeah i could tell like dress code is important man it's important she yeah. fit right in after dinner and everything but that was that was rough you only get one shot at a first impression one shot and he didn't let her put her best foot forward and you know, here's here's another thing about that situation. <clears throat> when it comes to 
Winston's mom and her taking exception to the age. Is it? I, I oh sorry, I got kind of got it loud. Um, why does it? She really has this like babying thing with him. Like that's my child. He, he's twenty. It's not like it's like a forty-year-old guy and twenty-year-old daughter. I still don't see it the same. You don't see it the same. Um, and I'm happy that you brought that up because I've been going back and forth since watching the movie. Yeah. And I think what makes it different is kind of like the gender roles in dating. Yeah. Where, like, if you're traditional and you're dating, then the guy is going to pursue. And that's kind of what happened right. in this situation. It wasn't like Stella pursued him. Right. Because right. I'm like, from beginning to end, pretty much, he pursued her. And every escalation in their relationship was because of him. Yeah. And it was it was his persistence, too, because she, she mm-hmm. fought it every bit of the way. She did. And as I said, like, she made all the right decisions with Winston up until Delilah died. And then I think that Stella really let the grief... And the transition of being fired from her job. She needed somebody to make her feel good through all of that. Hmm. You think he took advantage or do you think it was just like the way the cards fell? I don't even think that he would realize that he was kind of taking advantage of it. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say that he did take advantage, but... There was an open window and he walked through it, knowingly or not. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, because she needed somebody. Her best friend was gone. And from the looks of it, she had her sisters, but um, Vanessa was younger and not not really on the same level. And that doesn't mean that, you know, she can't love her sister. It was obvious that she is closer to Vanessa. But there's still a, a level of difference. Because Stella still seemed more mature. And even though it was obvious that Stella and Angela loved each other, it didn't seem like they were close enough for Stella to be completely real with Mm -hmm. Angela. And I think in that moment, the person that she had who she could tell everything to was Winston. Mm -hmm. And they kind of formed a trauma bond. Okay. Okay. Now... Here's my mathematics. Angela was remarried, I presume. Because Stella's niece was definitely not Vanessa's daughter. No, that was Vanessa's daughter. That was Vanessa's daughter, so she doesn't have a man. So she was just yeah. she just she just made a child. Yes. Okay. You wanna put it like that. No, no, no. See, see, I was really trying to place where she was, like who who she belonged to. That sounds horrible, but I thought that was Angela's child. But that means if Angela is older than 40, she's having a pretty high, high risk pregnancy. Yep. With, with, um, with her husband. And it's very well established that they've been married for quite some time. I don't know why she waited so long. 
And that kind of lends to a lot of things that like she's been a housewife for quite some time. But for what? Normally when when, you know, women have to live the lifestyle of being a housewife, they usually have kids. But you you live in a big house that this guy put you in and you just do you're not doing anything. But guys in that arena, Mm -hmm. they want the wife who is poised enough to be brought around their peers. Right. Right. So like Uh Ty Samuels, Ty Samuels, Mm -hmm. hit us, hit us with it. (laughs) I'm just speaking what I know here. You tell them the truth, man. Give us the gospel. But I'm I'm like, you see a lot of marriages that are not just about love. There can still be love there. Don't right. get me wrong. Right. But there are so many other factors. Like you need somebody who's going to be able to hold a conversation with your peers and you don't have to stand there with them, coaching them and what to say. Right. And what to do, what not to do. Okay. Um, somebody who's essentially going to make you look good. And, you know, I'm every woman and all of that, but I'm a very like traditional dater. Mm-hmm. So I think in being a traditional dater, it's kind of like, I have my moments when I feel like, hey, I'm arm candy tonight. This is, <laughs> this is the role, you know? And yeah. it's not so much to say like, I can't have my own personality. I can't have my own thoughts and opinions and, you know, do me. But I'm mindful that I am here as a support or an assist to whatever my man's goal is. So if we're around people from work, then yeah. Or if we're at homecoming, I'm not going and saying like something that's going to embarrass him in front of, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then there are times where the roles are reversed. Like, hey, I need you to come to my uh, my event with my sorority sisters. Yeah. All you have to do there is stand and look attractive and mingle. Don't say anything crazy about me. <laughs> <laughs> but some people, some people really consider this stuff when they get married. Like, can this person do that? Yeah. Do I have to hold their hand through what to say and what not to say? Are they like if I take them somewhere? Are they gonna eat all of the shrimp from the um from the little buffet mm. and have people looking at us like we're crazy? Okay, and you know but, it's 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 that that kind of leads me to my next point. <clears throat> but that's what she brought to the table. Yeah, I didn't see any other like marketable skills. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stella, Stella often in her interactions with Winston. You can literally, because of her face, yet again, she she kind of expresses all of her distaste with her face. You can literally watch her shift back and forth between this fight, this internal fight she has with seeing him as a viable option as a man and seeing him as a child. So if you remember the first time they were in bed and they were talking, they were talking about the Talk future. about it. Oh, you said talking? Yes. Oh. And no, we ain't trying to get into that freaky shit. Chill. (laughs) And he, he noticed when she picked up her hair, because I know how braids be making the back of y'all neck. Same thing. Okay. The braids be making the back of y'all neck real hot. (laughs) Mm 
<laughs> and he decided he was going to just dip his hand into the 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 wine uh, cooler and just kind of touch the back of her neck. And immediately she had this look of disgust like this 12-year-old ass nigga. Mm-hmm. And it literally like it permeated this man's soul. He was like, I, "Me need to go to the bathroom." Like he had to walk off and like he look at himself in the mirror. Embarrassed. He was embarrassed because he realizes like what what I this is when I I crafted my idea of his personality. He literally tries to act how he thinks a mature man is supposed to act because he's 20 because he's 20 and he sometimes (laughs) forgets that what he is essentially is a boy that's what he is he didn't go to school right after high school or or i guess secondary school i don't know what they call it in jamaica but he didn't go to college right away so he still has that mentality where he's like able to just like fly by the seat of his pants like a child and a lot yeah. of his actions, the the movie choice, the 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 way he has this persistence, he can't take a hint. He always believes that he can just do it. That is childlike. But in that same scene, I think that it was like where they both met in the middle because right. we see Stella. She wanted to realize, like, joke with him. Maybe I'm being a little bit uptight. Like she was, she was about to make love. Yeah. The the forty and over way. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. No, for real. Like she she was doing all the things and being super sensual and right. things like that. And here he comes with his little cold fingers, and she looked like she was about to scold him. Mm-hmm. Like her face looked like she was about to scold him. And then you could see that she had that moment where she's just like, I'm dealing with a 20 year old. You don't know what you don't know. And I don't know if it, I I really, I assume that he was a virgin going into this, but I guess it's supposed to be inferred that he was not. Yeah. I don't think he was. I think it would have helped the story more if he was a virgin because it would have been yet another thing that, you know, he thought he was ready for, but she kind of had to like mold him. But she always said that he gave her an amazing time. So, eh, I mean, it is what it is. But when it comes down to it, the fact that he's able to pleasure her, it means a lot, especially for an older woman. Because this whole cougaring shit, that women do in their 40s and 50s. It only means something if the young buck that they fucking with can actually fuck. Yeah, and I think that that's a good point to bring up too mm-hmm. in terms of everyone's decision making. Mm-hmm. Both of them were in their sexual peak. Yes, yes. Thank you. So I think that sex clouded their judgment. Big time. A lot. Between sex and grief. Hmm. And then using sex to suppress the grief. Ooh. Okay. Because people do that. Yeah. 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 
sex sex is literally like Elmer's glue. Okay. And if we're talking like loose leaf paper, yeah, that's some strong shit. But if you're really trying to get into arts and crafts, you don't want no fucking Elmer's. You need some E6000. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> but it's the truth. It's like every time they had a bump in the road, and I'm talking a bump in the road, sex was the, the common denominator. Remember yeah, when think I, about I, those arguments. Yeah, the argument with them at the at the restaurant. Dude was in the shower by himself, and then she decided to get in with her fucking moo-moo. That made me so mad. I was like, that yo, you're going to get so that mad. fucking thing. Why don't you just take your clothes off, Angela? <laughs> I'm like, you're already in the bathroom. There's probably a hamper in there. Yeah. So now you're going to have to put these soggy clothes. It was just too much for me. I'm like, and not only know. that, but what if the little nigga knocked on the door and was like, mama, I'm scared. You know, I had a bad dream or something like that. You, you're not going to run to the door with a wet muumu. Like, like uh, make it make it a little bit more believable, yo. Yo, I got a little nigga in the house. We got to be discreet. Let me take this moomoo off and hop in the shower. At least I could throw on a robe and be like, hey, baby, what's wrong? But let's be honest. Let's be honest here. Well, you said if he came in the room. Okay. If he knocked on the door or something. I I assume that adults would lock the door. Because I was just like, even with being discreet, like her house is big enough that Quincy's room is not right there. Mm. Mm Mm-mm. I think it is right there because... Remember, he wanted her workshop as his room, as his, you know, it has more space. I mean, it can, and, I mean, I'm not saying that he has full privacy. Yeah. But for a house that big, yeah, like, it's not like their doors are like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm with you on the fact that that scene frustrated me. Um, <laughs> Because I'm just like, why is she getting in the shower with her clothes? And then I was like, <laughs> I said, oh, well, her shower is big enough that she can stand in there without getting wet. And then I see her go in the shower. Yeah. And I was just like, why is she in there with her clothes on? <laughs> just take them off. I don't know. I, I think the director decided that, like, the water running down her face, her bare face is, like, the sexiest thing in the world. I mean, it's kind of like it's it's got about twenty three percent sexiness to it. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it that, but I feel like Courtney B. Dance was somewhere like Angela. We ain't doing this. <laughs> Wait, they were married then, huh? This was ninety eight. They were married. I don't know when they got married, but that's just what my mind went to when I was watching a movie. I was listen. like, Courtney B. Dance is somewhere like listen, but you know some some of these actors and actresses who are married to each other they have all different types of rules about what they can and can't do on set for love scenes there you go and that's why we didn't see angela's titties i don't think we would have either like no, i don't no, no, think it no, was no. we were close. i don't think it was in stella's character in her character to be in the middle of that party without a top no party. no I, I mean at any point i was ready for titties i was like yo we got the rated r version that's what's up. BT oh was God. was holding out. We're going to see some titties today. Because I'm just like, Stella's the one who rolled up to the pajama party in the first place with the shawl. Right. And I'm like, like hold country. up. I'm looking back and I'm like, I don't think I've ever seen Angela, t- uh, Angela Bass's titties. And I'm upset. And it's I think it's because of Courtney motherfucking Vance. Let's push pause. Why <laughs> or what role, <laughs> what role would you have expected to see them? Cause I'm just running uh, through her uh, waiting to exhale. I thought she was gonna get. I thought she was gonna get plucked. 
waiting to exhale you thought mm. they probably we did, we did get like the the lingerie didn't we man that was weak man listen i thought i thought wesley snipes i thought he was gonna turn into wesley pipes I thought he was really going to beat that down. And I think they turned that whole thing around because her husband was like, no, 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 we ain't going to do that. We ain't going to do that. We ain't going to make Angela uh, fuck on the scene. No. So instead they had to fucking spoon with their clothes on. What kind of bullshit yeah, is that? But listen, at the end of the day, they've been married all of these years. And I'm pretty sure that He's their rules back. about what they can do on set have something to do with them. Um, Yeah. And, it's funny, but some of like the actors and actresses in Christian movies. Yeah. Let me tell you. So they'll say that they won't kiss anybody else when filming a movie. So for the kissing scenes, Use they'll dummies. have somebody like they'll have the actor leave and then their actual wife or husband comes in for the shot. And this is why we don't watch Christian movies, y'all. We will not be reviewing any Christian movies in this bitch. Please. <laughs> Please, we don't need that shit. But no, like this is off topic, but even even as like a Christian, I cannot stand those movies sometimes. They're, they're ridiculous sometimes. Good messages, but everything leading up to the moral of the story, I'm just like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I watch the black ones though, but like the mainstream ones with what's her name? DJ from Full House. I will not. What's the other guy? Her brother? Is it Kirk or Kurt? Whatever. Oh, um, Kirk. Uh, what was her name? Kirk Cameron. Cameron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will not watch those. Uh, I've never heard of those. <laughs> so after this episode, we're going to need to go Google because. Shit. Not not if it's as corny as you say it is. They ain't even kissing. They, I know oh, there ain't man. no titties in there. So first, first you're gonna be a Jamaican, and then you're gonna be Clay Davis Wagwan. from The Wire. Wagwan. Oh my gosh, my youth. <laughs> you guys, this is this is what I have to deal with. But um, <laughs> let me try to let me try to transition this. You know, with the whole course of this movie, though, um. The way that it, the way that it unfolds, I, I really see that Stella represents reality in an adult, and Winston represents the hope and the dreams of a child, and that's the only real clash of this film. You see, Winston kind of he lived his life prior to um, Stella, like he had all the time in the world. He can decide what he wants to be. If he wants to go to med school, he can go to med school. If he wants to be a cook, he can be a cook. If he wants to hang out at the hotels and pick up chicks, he can hang out at the hotels and pick up chicks. Whatever he wants to do, time is on his side. Stella, she understands that when she was his age and she felt like that, and she had no direction, she really had no place. Yeah. And it wasn't until she got all her ducks in a row and she did what her mom told her to do. Because remember, she want, she had her own dreams. She had her own thoughts. Yeah. But her mom was like, no, you got to go to school. You got to figure something out. 
And that's what led her to do what she wanted, what she ended up doing, getting into stock brokerage, selling, selling the idea of buying stocks on the phone. That's a cutthroat fucking industry. I'm really glad that they had a black woman doing that because honestly, there's no black women in that field at that level. I, I don't know any of them. It's, it's a very like, it's like a, um, it's a white boy field. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. And it's not something that she would have like said to herself at 18. Like, this is my life. I'm going to do that. No, that's something she fell into. And all of her dreams, all of her, her Winston-esque activities, she had to table that shit. Remember when, when um, Quincy, I don't know why every little black boy's name is Quincy in these movies. But remember when Quincy brought Winston into her workshop and it was just nothing but fucking cobwebs everywhere? Yeah. He couldn't even remember the last time she was in that room. And it's part of the house. That's very telling. She gave up. Yeah. She gave up her dreams. And Winston, all he has is his dreams. That's the real clash of this film. And I think that's the real, like, you know, highlight of really what goes on in adulthood. Yeah. He kind of has a cushion, though. Like, he's 20 and his parents have a lot of money. Yeah. Um, Stella came from the projects. Yeah. And worked her way out of them. Mm-hmm. So if she didn't do something to make money, she might have still been in that situation, <clears throat> like in the projects and stuff. Right. I mean, she had to use a, a a high level of motivation to get herself out. And I don't know what her husband does. I wish they really I wish they would have at least, you know, explained what he did. But yeah. It's very telling the type of man that she would need is a man that understands that struggle. And Winston doesn't. But one thing Winston does and does well for her is he makes her feel good. But but we we have to really look at certain things like yes, you make me feel good, but what do you do for me? And that's the real fight of most of these relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, as somebody who understands the whole age gap thing very well, Mm -hmm. I still don't like the idea of age gaps where the youngest person is younger than 30. Like if it's going to be that big of an age gap, like at least let the youngest person be 30 and up. Okay. And in this situation, he was 20 and she was 40. And the part that stuck out to me, remember when they were having the conversation in the hotel and they were reminiscing on moments from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Had that conversation happened around Winston, he would not know what they were. Like, he might know from pictures or, you know, the media what they were talking about. Yeah. But he doesn't have a memory of those types of things. Not the afros, not the polyester jumpsuits, mini skirts and halter tops and all of that. 
He -hmm. has no reference. And I think about when me and my guy are having conversations about, you know, yesteryear or whatever, we both still have a reference point. Granted, granted, he experienced those things at a different stage in his life, but both of us can have a conversation about it. Right. Um, And he's like, well, yeah, I was in high school when this happened. And I was like, well, I was like much younger than high school, but we both know how we felt when Biggie died. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like that. And I feel personally, like if you're going to have an age gap, then at least you guys should be able to say, Hey, you know, yeah, I lived through that too. Even if you didn't experience it at the same stage. It's it's crazy you say that because I literally like I've never worked with people with such an age gap, but I worked with people that were born in like ninety five and ninety six, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, like you didn't suffer the devastation of Hurricane Andrew. You don't know what it felt like when we lost Tupac. Like you don't, you you can't talk to me about like the early nineties and the late eighties. Like it's crazy with my students. Like it's weird, yeah. I was trying to explain to them Gina Six. <laughs> <laughs> and that literally happened that went over when their they heads. were born. Yeah. And you know, Katrina and all of that. Yeah. And they're just like, wow, Miss Nichols. I'm just like, you guys don't know about that. And I had to remember, like, they weren't born yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, and I tell people this all the time. I I don't really care to watch shows or movies. I don't know if this is gonna hurt us, but I don't really care to watch shows or movies that that predate my existence. I hate that shit. I don't care about the 40s. I don't care about the 50s. I don't care about the 60s. I don't care about the 70s. <laughs> See, I love those types of movies. <laughs> like, I, what's that popular show that everyone's, like, talking about? Um, Bridgerton shit. Oh, yeah. I don't I, care about I'm that medieval that shit. <laughs> like, I don't care. And I love historical fiction, but not, not that. Not that director. Say it, mm-hmm. say it. Not that. No, directly. it's not. Even, it's not even that. It's just like <laughs> that's that's not what I'm into. I rather read stuff about that era than okay. Like yeah, yeah, Portrayed yeah. on TV. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Even though I ain't gonna read that shit either. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I love like Carmen Jones. Um, I, oh man, I can't listen. Beyonce is the worst actress on the planet. No, not that one. That's the not only one I one. think of. The one with Dorothy Dandridge. Okay. I didn't I watch like that, that one. I just yeah, watched the I Beyonce and Mackay Fife bullshit. No, but I own that movie. Ugh. I own it um, just for the sake of nostalgia, but mm-mm. Mm-mm. no, it's trash. And it was just like a big plug for everybody who was in the movie. Beyonce really is a horrible actress, yo. <laughs> I don't know if we're ever gonna have like a segment of her movies, but <laughs> she's. But bad. you know what? You know what though? Mm. Like at the other end of it, we have Angela Bassett, who's like been killing it for our entire lives, pretty much. And she is not celebrated the way that she should be. We celebrate her. I mean, we do, but I feel like she should be celebrated even more. And that's not to say that, you know, we need the white man statue to celebrate her. Not to say that, but hello, white people, wake up. 
this woman has been killing it. So maybe you guys should give so her a little bit of something. Let me ask you this question. Where did the white people, like, who did the white people pick instead of her? Who is, like, one of the older um, veteran, you know, uh, actresses that have the same level of accomplishment of Angela Bassett that they used in her place? I would have to go back and look, to be yeah. honest. I, I mean, really they, they seem to, to love Viola Davis. Or Viola, however she pronounces it. I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. They seem they seem to love Viola Davis. Yeah. But that's because <sighs> she was on ABC. And she no. was on ABC. Um, she played a maid. She she drinks a lot of snot. Like them crying she, scenes, <laughs> them crying yeah. scenes, yo. She had just put out a tweet. She was like, "All right, all right, I get it, I get it. I I, I produce a lot of snot while I cry." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how that's how those real cries are. <laughs> it, those are some ugly right. ass cries, yo. Yeah, yeah, but no, I, she plays characters who are oppressed, and it's kind of like trauma porn. So she gets awarded for trauma porn because that's what they like to see. They love that shit. (laughs) They love that. They love slave movies, but they want to see a black woman broken. (laughs) Just like we have, um, we have uh, Monique and Precious playing a welfare queen, an abusive welfare queen. You know what? I, I repressed a lot of that movie. I only watched yeah. it like once and I didn't even like really pay attention to it. Um, but I did love Monique's portrayal and I liked Mariah Carey's portrayal. Oh, man. The movie is heavy. Mm. But I saw the movie first before ever reading the book. And then I went to read the book. What isn't a book, man? Jesus. I Huh? What is everything's a book. a book? Yeah. Or every book is a movie now. Yeah. Um <laughs> but I tried to make my way through that book. Mm-hmm. I don't even own the book anymore. I put it in the dumpster. Oh, it was that it was that like it, it was graphic, I guess. It was graphic. It made me angry, it made me cry, and I'm just like I'm never going to read this book and I don't throw away books. But mm. I threw this one away because it pissed me off. Yeah, I don't throw away books either. I need a book. I, don't, I need a like. I didn't even want to look at it because it. When I tell you, like, just reading it and knowing the amount of detail that's in the book that's not in the movie. Oh yeah, I can and only the imagine the scenes that they couldn't, the scenes that they couldn't put in there. I was disgusted and angry. I threw the damn book out. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And I keep every book. Like, if I don't keep it for myself, I give it to somebody if I'm mm. not going to read yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But no, that book had to go. Wow. It had to go. You made me want to check that out now, shit. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I don't think it's a book that's meant to be consumed sober. Oh, damn. Damn. All right, shit. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to remember when. Yeah, yeah. So I was still working at the law firm and taking the train and stuff to work. And I would typically carry a book with me to Mm -hmm. work. 
so what I would usually do is read a biography. So I reread um, Tony Braxton's biography, Taraji's memoir, Gabrielle Union's uh, memoir, Bobby Brown's <laughs> autobiography. That's a rough one. Oh, man, it is. <laughs> and then one day I got the idea to read Push. And I'm just like, why the hell did I decide to do this? Hmm. But yeah, Curiosity that could be an episode in itself. Just books that have become films. Yeah, shit. You know, I'm down. Yeah, and I think I've read a lot of the books. <laughs> you think? Um, you think after this one we could take a episode break af- off of uh, Tay Diggs? Episode break off. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard for talking about movies in the 90s he was everywhere man everywhere well damn our next one damn our next one got of shit our next yeah two. our next our next two movies on our list tay Diggs and tay Diggs. damn and scott the, is all over the place ain't he uh-huh he's getting those checks though um and honestly the people in black hollywood at the time they were just like moving around yeah, it was only five of them, and they just like mis- mismatched, like the couples. You need a heartthrob, or you need like the the hot guy in a film called Tay Diggs, corny ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he was super duper corny, and the fact that they made him put on a fake Jamaican accent the whole fucking movie was incredible to me. And then the little shell necklace got on my nerves. And I was like, was this hot in the 90s? And I was like, I think it was. But I was like, watching this now when nobody does that, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so cringy. Like those mesh tank tops are filthy, disgusting. I never want to see them in fashion, ever. (laughs) Ever again. It was just. But I loved how she dressed the entire movie. She she was all right. I got to give it to her. I think she was wearing booty pads in her um running outfits, but she she was um she was all right because I, was like, I, I know I know little... I know Angela Bassett ain't got no cheeks. You said you know she ain't got no cheeks. She ain't got no cheeks. Y'all, he is lying. <laughs> okay. On Chloe Bailey's internet. <laughs> now Let it's... it be known he is lying. Oh, on now, Chloe now, Bailey's internet. Now now it's her internet, huh? It is. It, it definitely and she, is. And she got the cheeks. And so it's I, hers. I'll tell you what. I did not want to jump on her bandwagon at all whatsoever. We know. Because, I mean, I don't necessarily find her super duper attractive. In the face, you mean? Yeah. Okay. But she got them cheeks. <laughs> man, man, man. She got them, she got them cheeks, though. Now, we're going to have to do... Um, an episode on this live action. On her cheeks? Come on, Brandon. All right, all right. We're gonna have to do. We're gonna have to do a review on this live action Little Mermaid that's gonna come out with Hallie. No, I know. No, no, the fuck, we don't like. Why? <laughs> yes, we do. Why? Because, listen, we want we want to touch on some Disney movies too, because. The Little Mermaid, as much as I love it, we need to talk about how she gave up everything. Oh God, she she ain't even, she's not even doing the role yet. She ain't even filmed that shit yet. Oh, she is filming though. 
If you look on her Instagram and her TikTok, every don't time no one care about girl, her Instagram. We just want to see her sister's Instagram. You're not gonna do Hallie like that, man. Ain't no one checking for no Hallie, man. Get your sister, man. Every time I see her, man, I'm like, yo, put your sister on the phone. <laughs> you want to eat your words, man? Oh, I mean, if she come out with with, with the with the fish tail and she got them cheeks, I'll, I'll be like, hey, hey, hey. I don't know so much about having cheeks like um, Chloe, and I don't know how, why we're talking about everybody's cheeks, but <laughs> she has a nice shape. I don't think she needs to look like Chloe to have a nice shape. And she has a pretty face. Ma'am, so. ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. First off, no one was checking for either of them until because Chloe started they were showing minus. cheeks. Huh? I said because they were minors. Chloe's like, what, 22? I think so. Yeah. She's had them clappers for a couple of years. But she wasn't showing them until five months ago. Five months, three weeks, seven days ago, okay? When she started showing them, I started putting it on my calendar. Listen, I'm not going to do this with you tonight, Brandon, because it's late. But mm. I know we had this conversation about that episode of Grownish. What, what episode? The episode where essentially. Oh, I didn't see it. I didn't what see happened it. in real life <laughs> happened to her character. You did say that. And I, I still yes. haven't seen it. I, I didn't see that season of uh, Grownish yet. I would like to review that show so we could talk about them clappers. Oh, man, we're going to have to do a deep dive on that. Oh, well, I'm a deep dive. I'm a deep dive for real. I'm a, I'm a... And then and then you're going to end up like in a reverse situation as Stella in a relationship with an age gap. Listen, there's only one gap I'm worried about. Be funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing... I'm playing, okay? Let's just put it out there before I look like Stella in these streets. <laughs> it's a little different because you're actually a man and mm. you would be doing the pursuing. I'm a whole man, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going to need to talk about this um, offline, about the double standard. Oh, it looks like it's going to be a scold. Hmm? Looks like it's going to be a scold. No, it's not going to be a oh, scold. Okay. But I do think we definitely have a discussion and we might go ahead and share that discussion on the Green Leather Sofa podcast Facebook page. So go ahead and follow us. All of our information is on our page. All of it. So that's it for this episode. That is it. And we'll catch y'all next time with some more Tay Diggs. And his corny ass. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey guys, that's our episode. Check us out here next week as we ruin something else. In the meantime, if you can't wait, we have a bonus Moesha episode where we talk about how the addition of Dorian's character completely changed Frank's character. Or did it? Hmm. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com 
forward slash GLS podcast and become part of our conversation. We'll see you next week. Bye.